Welcome to The Design Diaries, a podcast for creatives, freelancers, and business owners looking for candid conversations and real advice. I'm Melissa, self-taught designer turned freelancer and now studio owner, here to share my experiences and help you reach your goals. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're talking about my best advice for new creatives, and I'm super psyched about this episode because although I don't think this is like the only advice ever that you should listen to, I do think that this is really valuable stuff that I wish I I had learned or someone had told me when I was first starting out. And hopefully if you are a new creative or you're experienced with just looking for some extra bits of advice, I think you're really gonna like this episode. So let's just jump right in. A lot of the different tips that I have are kind of just randomly modged together. So hopefully that's okay that it's not in this perfect like linear sort of stacked chronology, but let's just dive in. So something that I feel really strongly about is the topic of experience versus inexperienced knowledge. I think it's really easy to assume that people who are farther in their business or really successful, you know, in whatever terms that means, um, know best, right? That they've been through it before, that they know everything that there needs to be known and that whatever they say should be law. And in some ways, yes, like it is really, really good to heed the advice and to listen to those who have gone through what you haven't. I think that's quite obvious, like learning from people who have some years on their belt and who have gone through certain situations is a really, really fabulous tool and a good habit you should should adopt. However, I would say don't necessarily take all advice or all things that you learn from like different accounts or different people you look up to or different experienced professionals as like the be all end all of that topic. So what I mean I mean is that sometimes you can hear a lot of different opinions or a lot of different um I guess viewpoints on different topics and then you kind of are forced to be bullied into a certain way of doing things. And I use bully like super loosely, like not actually like any aggressive or negative way but an example I'm talking about is like pricing for example so when I first started out I was really really scared to talk about pricing and I'll actually be talking about pricing in um, a few episodes from now I'm excited to, to cover but I was really nervous because when I had gone, gone to YouTube or gone to podcasts what I heard about pricing was just so different from everybody and I was kind of trying to juggle like who's more trustworthy like whose pricing structure should I follow You know, there was like the future YouTube channel, Chris Doe, he did a whole channel um, dedicated to like pricing using value estimations rather than hourly. And then there's also a couple of people on Instagram that are quite prominent who talk about like value-based pricing versus like hourly versus project XYZ. And there's lots of different resources about pricing. And I think I was just so nervous about pricing myself because there were just all these different professionals telling me different things and I felt like I had to just know every single thing that they did and then try and do all of that for myself. So an example of that is like one person that I follow I really look up to was like you should not do hourly pricing at all and then another person was like you should be charging at least two thousand dollars for branding. Another person was like you should not be um, allowing for edits. Like you should be charging for rounds of edits or you should be charging prorated edits. And I was like, this is a lot to take in, right? And I really felt kind of not bullied. I'm going to stop using that word, but I felt very much like pushed into a direction that I maybe wasn't really ready 
to enter into. And so I got rid of my hourly pay structure. I only did project-based and that was really not the right move for me in the very beginning because I don't really feel like that structure was appropriate for where I was in my career. I honestly do believe that although I'm not a fan of hourly pricing at this moment for myself, at that time, like years ago, I do think that hourly was probably better for me because I was trying to do like these project estimations per project and the projects I were doing were not that big and I do find that like I probably would have made more money if I did hourly or I probably would have saved a lot of time trying to calculate my estimations if I did hourly. So that's just an example of a topic that I think is covered by a lot of different people and a lot of people have different perspectives on it. And so I'd say that definitely trust the people you look up to. Obviously, like, I think everyone tries to give as good of advice as possible, including this podcast episode, but take everything with a grain of salt and don't let, you know, somebody's authority on a certain subject, like, overpower your personal comfort and what you know to be right for yourself. So, um, that goes in kind of well into my next piece of advice, and it's that you don't need to offer the same things that other people are offering. So what do I mean by that is like an example is when I first started doing branding design, I saw that a lot of people were offering brand strategy along with their design. And I was, you know, kind of mystified by the whole idea of brand strategy just because in the very beginning I was only doing logos. I wasn't doing the whole brand identity exploration. So I was really just designing logos, one off, no color palette, no anything else. And I do, obviously that's like not what I do now, but I was really mystified by this whole idea of adding like a strategy, almost like a consulting sort of position onto being a designer. And I kind of just tacked it onto my branding design package, just kind of like loosely and added just a couple hundred dollars. And I was like, okay, there, like it's a package with more value. And I don't think that was quite right for me as like in that moment either. In hindsight, the strategy that I thought that I was offering just wasn't really like strategy. It was kind of like, what are your brand descriptors? What's your audience? And then I would just design based off of that. And so I do think I, I was definitely charging like a very low amount. So it wasn't like those people didn't get their money's worth. But I just think that I haphazardly decided to add on brand strategy just because everyone else was doing it. And I don't really think that's quite the right way to go about your services. So um, another example is like in my brand strategy that I do now, I don't really like to do like competitor analysis. I don't really like to do like market placement, things like that. I prefer to do a bit more on like photography, creative direction, and a bit more on like brand voice. And some people don't offer brand voice in their brand strategy, and that's fine. Those are just things that I find that I tend to grasp better and I feel more comfortable providing. And I don't really feel comfortable providing other things that other people do. So that's just an example that you don't need to offer what other people are offering because that's the beauty of being your own business owner or being a freelancer is that you have control over what you do and what you don't. So don't feel the need to offer like strategy with your branding or don't feel the need to offer copywriting with your website design or you don't don't feel the need to even do websites if you just like doing branding XYZ like whatever you're comfortable with roll with that. And then over time, if you become more comfortable, like me, for example, with brand strategy, you can grow and you can adapt your services over time, but don't do anything that you're not ready for too early just because everyone else is doing it. Another kind of don't, I don't like to do like too many don'ts, but 
is that you don't need to work with only clients in your niche. And that, honestly, I think that's probably a controversial thing to say, (laughs) or people might fight me on that. But here's why I say that. When you're starting out, it's really difficult to only find clients that are in your niche and that can afford you and that are willing to work with you, X, Y, Z. Like if you think about like a funnel, the more qualifications or more kind of filters you add on to your niche, the smaller that funnel gets and you end up having a very small group of people that you can actually work with. And it's really, really difficult to land those clients and to get them to come to you in X, Y, Z. And I come from personal experience with that. It might be different for other people. So take this with a grain of salt if you want to. But I think that it's okay to work on projects that come your way and the client seems pleasant and the design style seems kind of, you know, amiable to what you're looking for. It's okay if they're not in your niche. Because when you're starting out, I know in my past episode I said like you probably want to work with the type of people you want to keep working with in the future. And that is true. But you also have to acknowledge or I acknowledge that that's like in a perfect world that happens, but that's not how it actually works, right? Like I worked with a lot of projects that weren't in my niche in the very beginning and they honestly helped me so much. I don't necessarily show that work in my portfolio or on my Instagram because I don't really want people to, you know, come to me looking for that type of work anymore. But the experience of working with those clients... And just the sheer experience of having to like adapt my style to maybe like different industries, XYZ, different types of clients, really, really added overall to my ability to work with clients, to manage projects, that sort of thing. So any experience can is honestly good experience. Even the ones that are bad do help you learn something some way. So don't be too stressed out if the clients that you're getting into your inbox aren't perfectly in your niche or are outside of your niche by a little bit, it's okay to work with them, in my personal opinion, just because you might not want to show that work on your portfolio, but it is income coming in and it is an opportunity to like work on your client management skills, to work on any sort of like onboarding, offboarding workflows, things like that, like things you want to test out. Um, I think it's a good opportunity. So um, the next one that may also be controversial is that You don't need to have like a million different, I guess, marketing or business funnels and gadgets and gears moving when you're starting out. So let me unpack that a bit more. So for example, I know there's a lot of resources out there that are like, here's how you bring in clients. Here's how you get yourself out there and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you need to grow your social media. You need to have an email list. You need to be doing TikToks and reels and you need to also be doing like ads. You need to, you know, just all of this stuff, right? And you need to also be engaging in your community. You need to, all of these things. And I'm just, I just want to say that I personally don't think you need to be doing all of that all at once in the beginning. Obviously you want to be getting clients and the best way to get clients is to do some of those marketing strategies. But I think the most important thing of all is to do what you like and work on getting to the level you want to get at skill-wise. And then you can start to integrate some more of those like growth strategies. I call it all those growth strategies. Like some people just say like they're just business like marketing strategies. But I think that those are all aimed at one thing that's for growth, right? If you're not ready to grow, if you don't have the infrastructure to grow... 
you're really just spreading yourself thinner. You're not actually growing um, proportionally to your business. And so that's why I want to say that I do think it's a great idea to get some of those things started. Like when you're starting out, get an Instagram page or start a Pinterest or build little things so that it's not so hard later on that you don't have to start from scratch. But they don't need to be like your main priority. You don't have to be amazing at social media if you're also still trying to get be amazing at design. So or whatever it is that you do as a creative. So that's just an example. I just think that it's really easy to get wrapped up in the whole owning your business type of thing and needing to be perfect and efficient. Don't worry about that. You'll get to it at some point when you're ready to grow. Just don't worry about it right now. Okay, so here's some things that are slight pivot that are a little different from those. So something that I think was very near and dear to my personal journey was a money factor. So for those of you who don't know, I come from a lower income background and I was spending a lot of money on like books for school and living expenses at school and I didn't necessarily have like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars to be spending on different resources like courses or mentorship or classes on design. I didn't have really the money to own all of the Adobe softwares. I only had a Photoshop for most of the time, things like that. And that is totally okay. Whatever your reason, even if you can't afford it, but you're just not ready for that investment, that's okay. You honestly don't need to spend a lot of money on on courses and resources if you don't have it. You really, really don't. I learned most of my skills off of free YouTube tutorials and just playing around with Photoshop. And then eventually when I could afford a like Illustrator and InDesign, I just used the same methods. I just looked at tutorials on YouTube. I would subscribe to cool accounts that made different effects. I would watch those like slow-mo or those like time-lapse videos of people designing logos and things like that. And I would look at what tools they use. I would follow along and I would learn eventually slowly all of the softwares without actually having to pay a dime. And I would also use like my school's softwares on Adobe. I would use like library computers that had Adobe and I would follow those tutorials and not have to spend hundreds of dollars on courses, classes, etc. And it was honestly a really, really great way to learn. So yeah, you don't need to spend money to learn and to get better. There's honestly so much information out there in the era of the internet and I highly recommend that you use it. Right now, there are even like TikTok tutorials now. There's Reels. There's YouTube tutorials. There's also, if you want to pay some money, you can go on like Skillshare, you can go on Patreon, and people have some really cool classes and tutorials on there that are way cheaper than, you know, like a university class or a college class or way cheaper than like a course that some designers offer. So I will say take advantage of the free stuff. And there's always a workaround to learn those types of things. And then you can purchase the courses and you can purchase the resources when you're ready for it. But if that's not your jam right now, if that's not appropriate for the position you're in, no worries. I was exactly like you. And save a bit of cash for later and use the free stuff. I will also say, speaking of free, free time in the beginning of your business or in the beginning of being creative is just gold. That free time can be utilized to launch your portfolio, to launch your business in such a meaningful way if you use it correctly. So 
what I recommend is that the free time in between when you don't have clients, which at least in my case, like I didn't have clients stacked up on one another. I had like just one client at a time. Use the free time during those periods to work on concept projects and to work on passion projects and to just design for fun, design using the free bounds of your mind. And the reason why I say that is twofold. So one, you are going to maximize your creative capacity and also the magnet for your niche or your target audience when you're doing that. Because with these passion projects, they're completely based around your personal design preferences and aesthetic and you don't have any client kind of like binding your project. So one, it's really freeing. It's really great. And it, I find that when I work on passion projects, my client work gets better because I am more free. And also you have a wonderful addition to a portfolio to attract that target audience that you're wanting that I spoke about in my other episode. So that's one thing. And then another thing is that your skills will definitely improve when you do these concept projects. For me, at least, I worked on a couple of concept projects in the very beginning of my career, and that's honestly how I learned a lot of the skills that I use today. So I learned how about like kerning, I learned about like outlines, and I learned about exporting files and things like that. So when you do an actual project and you're having going, going through the steps of like changing the colors and doing the type, you know, making all of the different file types, making like a style guide. That is how you actually get like practical hands-on experience that you can take from the free YouTube tutorial and put it into a real project that you can then show to clients and be like, yeah, I'm legit. So that's probably one of my most important pieces of advice is to utilize that free time, make something super dope out of it and utilize it for your benefit. And then finally, like I mentioned, free resources are so abundant because of the age of the internet. I think that I was too afraid when I was young to tell the people that inspired me that they inspired me to go into their DMs, to go on their comments and ask them questions. I honestly left a lot of my questions to myself and I could have honestly learned a lot if I had just reached out to people, asked them a quick question. And I think that there is some sort of like stigma or some sort of weird energy in the community that like you have to gatekeep or that it's like inappropriate to ask people questions because it's like a self-made community, especially with like an entrepreneurial community. I find that people are like, don't want to feel like they're mooching off another person's like hard work. And I totally get that. But at least me personally, I can't speak for other creatives, but I love sharing knowledge. I love when people ask me questions because that means that they trust me and I would love to ease the burden of somebody trying to like find the answer to some question on some random internet blog or, you know, trying to figure out for themselves and making a mistake or having to waste money XYZ. I would much prefer that I just answer a DM and it only takes a couple seconds of my time. So I would say that please don't be afraid to ask people questions, especially if there's a, a creative in particular that like inspires you, that you feel comfortable around because the chances are is that if you interact with their profile, they probably are going to recognize you. And I'm talking about Instagram here. They're probably going to recognize you, first of all, because we honestly do recognize people that interact with us a lot. And so when you do sign into the DMs, you introduce yourself, you can form a relationship, or you can like ask comments directly underneath their posts. But whatever it is, I really, really strongly encourage you to interact with those creatives that you 
trust and that you want to ask questions because there's a high chance that they would love to answer them. And so don't be afraid to use another free resource. So like people pay thousands of dollars to go to universities to have access to these professors. I'd say the equivalent to professors in the real world, like in the creative community, are just other creatives, right? There's no like hierarchy, like professor and student. And the creative world is just kind of like more experienced creatives and then new creatives. And what's great is that the beauty of social media and the way that the internet works now is that access to those people is free. You're not having to pay a bunch of money and tuition to get, get into the classroom. The classroom is free form and open. And so utilize that free resource of people, you know, ask people questions, get to know them. And it's almost like having a free mentor or having like a free person to like pick your brain with. So that's my final one that I really regret not doing when I was first starting out was asking more questions because I honestly think that a lot of the issues I was going through, a lot of the problems and struggles I was going through would have been alleviated if I had just talked to somebody about it. So that is my final piece of advice that I will leave you with today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I tried to put my most relevant and particular advice in here. I didn't want it to be super like generic, like, oh, just practice and blah, blah, blah. I hope that these very specific tidbits were helpful. I hope they weren't too specific because I might be overshooting here and it might just be helpful for nobody except for myself. But let me know if you have any more questions on anything that I mentioned in here. Like always, my DMs are always open on the podcast Instagram or on my Instagram. And I hope to see you in the next episode. All right, have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Design Diaries. We'll catch you on the next episode.